Welcome to episode 63 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 7. We are one spirit, one soul, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host Hamida and I want to bring you stories because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, hello from India. Welcome to my new status for the next month. As I told you in episode 60, my 84-year-old mom is not keeping very well. I decided to make an emotional decision and fly to India to spend a month with her. As you all know, India is the eye of the storm for the Delta variant. You have to also know that normally I visit mom twice a year but I have not seen her for the past two years due to COVID. And at this point, my heart said, she needs you, Hamita. If not now, then when? And my head replied, you must be crazy. You have been safe so far. Why spoil it all now and take such a big chance? As you can tell, my heart won because the emotional benefits far outweighed the logical risks. This is also the reason why I am publishing this episode later than usual. I landed in India today and got consumed with meeting my family after so very long. After meeting them, talking to them and feeling the sheer joy of being with my dear mom, siblings, dear spouses, niece and nephews, my heart said to me again, I told you so. And thus, I ask from my listeners for positive thoughts and prayers for mom's health and for my safety while I am with her. The next three episodes will be published from India. We started the ritual of beginning every episode with a good thought from episode number 60, based on my mom's teachings to us. And I feel delighted to start this episode with the following good thought in her physical presence. This quote is by Leonard Peltier. He says, I don't know how to save the world. I don't have the answers or the answer. I hold no secret knowledge as to how to fix the mistakes of generations past and present. I only know that without compassion and respect for all of Earth's inhabitants, none of us will survive nor will we deserve to. Our guest for today is a coach and facilitator who guides growth-minded businesses, schools, and people through the change our world demands. Her story also entails travels to faraway places where she traveled to with compassion. Let's listen about it from her, everyone. Let's welcome Susan Lambert. Susan, welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. Thank you so much for generously agreeing to being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me and for inviting me. Absolutely. Susan, can you start us off by telling us something about yourself, please? Yes. And I love that question because I've done a lot of uh, facilitating of different groups and often that's an icebreaker question. What is something that nobody knows about you in this room? And one thing that I often say in those circles is I have 65 first cousins. Wow, okay, I'm I'm going to top that a bit. Oh yeah, tell me. (laughs) Yes, my mom 
has 121 first cousins. Oh and God. they're not from different dads and moms. It's the same grandparents who have, yes. I think, 21 children Isn't or 19 children. <laughs> they had 121 offsprings. That's incredible. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, and so often, so when I'm in circles of students from the U.S., they'll say, 65 first cousins? I've got two. And then I'll go to Central America and they'll say, yeah, so 65, big deal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I couldn't even count. It's got hundreds. So I love that you say that. that yes, yes. Hundreds. And they're from Burmese origin. Yeah, I, I always get tickled by that fun fact. So thank yeah. you for starting yeah. us off on that. Well, you're welcome. And and I think I, I was reflecting on this recently, actually, being that it was the 4th of July, and this is the weekend that my, my dad's side of the family, so there were 13 siblings, that they all get together. And then it's a small gathering of 80 people. And I was reflecting on family. And I think, I think the connection between what I do now, and that fact I just shared with you is that I've always been surrounded by people and I've always been fascinated by people mm. and their stories, much like you. So you asked, tell us about yourself and what I am constantly privileged to get to do is be amongst people and amongst people that are going through transitions, amongst people um, in different cultures and even in different even different sectors from businesses to schools to entrepreneurs. And so my background is really global education. I chose to learn Spanish so I could be around more people and listen to more stories and ended up teaching Spanish and ended up traveling the world. And again, was able to listen to more and more stories. And now that has manifested in the work I do in businesses, in schools, and with entrepreneurs to really get to facilitate groups as they come together, as they come out of a global pandemic, mm -hmm. as they learn how to shift and change as all people and all entities do. So that's a big part of my work now. And I do think part of the reason why I love my work is that I love people and I've always been surrounded by so many of them. <laughs> That makes two of us. If you ask me my one passion, I'd say people as well. Yeah, me so too. Very happy to meet you. Likewise, likewise. So this is for the listeners, Susan. What is it that you're going to give them? Some kind of a link to your business? Yeah, so you can go to my website and it's susanklambert.com. And on there, you can find coaching services, consulting services. I'm happy to offer our listeners 15% off on any of the services that you see there on the website. And then I'm also at Susan K. Lambert on Instagram and Facebook. And my email is susan at susanklambert.com. So it's all pretty easy. And listeners, you don't have to write all of this down because I will do it for you. It will be in the show notes. The discount coupon code will also be in the show notes for the 15%. So thank you for that, Susan. And with that, on to your story. Please tell us your story. Wonderful. Well, I, I gave you, I think, a, a little bit of a preview in, in the introduction. And again, I love... I love the prompt, tell us your story, because I think we can answer it in so many different ways. We all have many, many stories. If someone is listening that has heard me before, they've likely heard the story that I'd love to share with you, but it is one of my favorites. And it starts when I was about 10 years old. So I grew up in Vermont 
And when I was 10 years old, and I have two big brothers, so they are six and eight years older than me, and my oldest brother said to me, and I, I would listen to anything he told me to do, he said, you have to take Spanish with Senora Zarate, and Senora Zarate was from Argentina, and she was this wonderful, wonderful teacher. Well, halfway through the year, the exchange students from the high school came over to our middle school and the exchange students were from Costa Rica. And I remember this day, I could tell you the outfit I was wearing. I could tell you the songs we listened to. And we danced, we sang, we learned about their culture. And I was 10. And I knew on that day that I wanted to travel to Costa Rica when I got to high school. Mm-hmm. So I did. I I traveled to Costa Rica for three weeks as a 15-year-old, and that was really the first time I had left the country that I had uh, experienced what it's like to be in another culture. And I remember on the way back from that experience, this is a second day that I remember very vividly, just feeling this overwhelm of sadness, knowing that I would never be able to share what I experienced fully with other people, feeling that in my home in Vermont, I didn't have the world that I wanted to experience right there. So it was sadness, but also excitement about what was next. Mm -hmm. So really, it was that day that I decided when I went to college, I would live in Spain. And I did, I spent a year in Spain. And it just so happened that I got enough credits to become a Spanish major and ended up didn't study education, but I ended up teaching high school Spanish for nearly a decade. And again, the point of teaching language was to be a vehicle for students to access more stories. So we would go on field trips and and visit the Latino community. By this point, I was in Colorado and I loved it. I loved it. While I was teaching Spanish, I was simultaneously traveling abroad with a company that I guided trips for. So students and educators would come to these small rural communities all over the world, and I got to guide these experiences. I was also, at this time in my life, working with an organization in Nicaragua called the Casa Materna, and it was an organization for at-risk pregnant women Mm -hmm. to come to the city, Matagalpa, either a few days or even a few months before they were to give birth to have access to health care. So in 2012, I was fortunate to be able to bring my students as a guide to Nicaragua. Mm. And it was an incredible experience to really bring so many of my worlds together so that they could experience the culture and the people and the maternal home. And in fact, so I'll tell you two little anecdotes that, that align with that part of my life. One of which is after returning from Nicaragua, four or five of those students, all of whom were seniors in high school, received awards for the work that they had done there. So there we were in Wheat Ridge, Colorado, and these students received awards uh, for the work that they had done in Matagalpa, Nicaragua. And you can imagine as a teacher, that was the proudest moment. What kind of work did they do for which they got this award? Yeah. And so that actually is a great segue, your question to my next little anecdote, which happens to be really the philosophy by which I live my life. And that is when I first went to Nicaragua, and I will remember your question, Mm -hmm. when I first went to Nicaragua, and I went for about 10 years, maybe visiting two or three times a year, becoming a liaison of this organization, we would, every morning we'd go on walks with the women. And mind you, they've got these 
big bellies and they're just wearing flip-flops and we would walk up this hill and and we'd talk as we walked and we'd talk about their lives and their farms and their families and we'd get to the top and we'd do stretches and overlook the city and we'd come back and I really learned from them about their lives and about how to live in a different way and I asked the founder of the organization who is also a dear dear friend of mine I asked her I said what am I, what am I actually doing here? Because when I was traveling, people kept saying, Susan, you're doing such great work. You're at this maternal home and oh my goodness, you're giving so much. And it never resonated with me because I was really receiving so much more than I was giving. And, and I asked her this question. I said, what, what, what am I actually doing here? And she said, Susan, and I always, when I tell this story, I always say it twice, but she said, Susan, the most important thing you could ever do for us is walk with us. Very nice. The most important thing you could ever do for us is walk with us. So that philosophy of accompaniment ended up being really the foundation by which I I try and do all of my work, whether it's working with a big company or with students or teachers or entrepreneurs. And so to answer your question, what did the students do? Well, they Mm -hmm. walked with the women. We really walked with the women every day. They were part of a conversation where they heard that the ultrasound machine had broken. And they came back to the high school and they said, wait a minute, we can raise that thousand dollars for the ultrasound machine. Mm -hmm. But it was because they were listening. It wasn't because they were trying to do for, it was because they were trying to and were effectively walking with. Do you have any story about any particular woman over there that really you can't forget? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I love just kind of responding by what pops into my mind first. And the first woman that popped into my mind, her name was Gloria. Mm -hmm. And the reason she popped into my mind is because in, I won't remember the year, but I would say maybe eight years ago, my mom came to visit Nicaragua for the first time with my aunt and with a dear friend of ours. And my mom and Gloria befriended one another. And so I have this really powerful, poignant vision of my mom walking with one of the mothers hand in hand. And it almost makes me Mm -hmm. emotional. Mm -hmm. And so to see my mother with the mothers of Nicaragua was really, really special. Mm. And she Gloria had this effusive uh, grin and and spirit. She just had one of those really kind hearts. And she and my mom, they didn't speak the same language. (laughs) They didn't speak the same language, but they could walk together and walk alongside one another. They could draw pictures together. They could laugh together, which Mm -hmm. I think is such a such a testament to humanity that we don't even need, we don't even need these words that we use sometimes. Yeah, the arts, the music, there is so much common language between us than just the languages. Exactly, exactly. So the the Casa Materna has since dissolved for various reasons. It was open for 27 years and 17,500 women walked through the doors of the Casa Materna. And there were various reasons that it closed, one of which was governmental, and and that could be an entire hour-long podcast. And the other one um, is that our numbers actually did start to go down, which in an organization like that, that's what you want. 
So it dissolved, I think, 2018. And by then I had already left teaching. I, I decided to leave teaching to start a travel company. So I did. It's called A Way to Be. And as you can imagine, during COVID, that that took a mm-hmm, <laughs> back burner. Um, yeah. And she will wake up again pretty soon, but led trips. Amen to, to that. Yes, but led trips to various countries, meaningful travel experiences for adults and families. And as I was building my travel company, people kept asking me to do training and consulting work and facilitation and coaching. And so I really built my current business around what people asked me to do, which has been so much fun. So I live now in in Chattanooga, Tennessee with my husband and, and the story continues. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I don't know how coincidental it is, but more recently, many of the guests that I have have started telling me that they knew exactly what they wanted to do or needed to do at a very young age. Mm. So the fact that you knew at 10 and that's what you put out there and that's what you got back is amazing. That's a full circle and a good story in itself. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that. What I want to ask you is with all this travel and with all this service that you've done, what are the life lessons that you've learned? I think the biggest one that I already mentioned is certainly accompaniment. And even when I worked with this educational organization for about a decade, there were service elements of these trips that we went on. And I would always say, and I want to be a little careful here because I know often people travel in the name of service out of the kindness of their hearts. So this is not a criticism of intent. However, I have seen so much detriment done in rural communities around the world when the mentality is we are going to do for because you are less than. Mm. And so I think this value of accompaniment and relationship building is paramount. If we can build relationships first and foremost with ourselves, and then with those that we surround ourselves with, we can listen better, we can have better conversations, and we can come up with more innovative and sustainable solutions. Mm-hmm. So accompaniment is number one. I just want to yes. step back. And I know you said that, but I want to reemphasize that you don't even have to travel anywhere to provide accompaniment. There is so much needed here in itself, and especially now due to COVID. I guess just looking around and seeing whose hand can I hold and who can I uplift? Absolutely. And what I always said when, you're absolutely right, when facilitating international travel experiences, what I always said and what I always hoped for is that the people I was with would have these really profound life-altering experiences that would really peel back layers and that the experiences they had allowed them to go home and see that those same global issues are right in their backyard Mm -hmm. and to to do something at home. Travel is one of many ways to engage, to peel back the layers of ourselves, to discover what we can do to uplift one another, as you say. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give us more. That That's a great life lesson. Tell us more. Well, another one that I always love to remember, and it's a bit selfish because I need it uh, all the time. I start every session I facilitate, I start with breath and I start with quiet. So even as you and I were transitioning from not recording to recording, I just took a deep breath. 
and then we began because there is so much power in that space in between mm-hmm. the answers that we have within. So that's a life lesson that I think I will continue to unlearn, forget, relearn, but always try to remember to teach because it helps all of us to pause, I believe, and be more in our center and less in our, in our ego. Mm, I love that. I didn't even notice that you did that, but you did that. Mm -hmm. So it was very internal for you. And I guess when you go out to corporations, you know how all of them are so charged up with so many things that they have to do and the stress that comes with it. I guess that just getting centered for those two seconds can mean so much. It's amazing. I've been in front of hundreds of people. This crowded rooms of people and how the energy shifts. And some people are very uncomfortable with it and and that's okay. But how the energy in a room can shift just when you give a little space and really what you're doing in that space is you're honoring yourself. You're honoring all of the stories that you carry with you. And then you're transitioning into whatever the next thing is. And so I think certainly in our culture, certainly in my life, I can move really fast And so when I can remember to breathe and when I can prompt others to do so, there's so many life lessons in those brief pauses. Yeah. And in fact, I was telling somebody this story recently, but it was a number of years ago, I was with a colleague and this was one of those hundreds of people in a crowded room, which sounds funny now that we've been through COVID. I can't quite picture that, but there were, yeah, probably 200 people. And I think we were even in a cafeteria. So a very kind of echoey room. And my colleague started the the day it was a all-day training we were going to do together and so as my colleague is introducing the day-long training I'm hearing conversations all over the room there are people talking there are people getting up to get coffee it's just kind of it's, it's kind of chaotic and I was up to talk next and so as I was noticing this I said to myself okay I'm going to try this. And this was actually the day that I decided I'm always going to do this in a training. I'm going to try this. So it was my turn to speak. I invited everybody for 30 seconds to just get quiet. And this room of 200 people stopped moving, stopped having conversations. So if you are a public speaker or a facilitator or a trainer, this is also a a trick because it puts you in the zone as well, but it allowed everybody else to say, okay, that part of my day, the part where I left home and, and got my kids to school and made breakfast and sent an email that all of those things that's before this is now, and this is what we're about to do. So that was the day that I said, okay. I'm, I'm going to do this every time I'm in front of a group of people. Nice. Mm-hmm. And finally, I want to ask you, is there a final message that you would like to give to the listeners? Anything that I've forgotten to ask you? Any final things you want to leave the listeners with? Again, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is a message I just five minutes ago, right before our conversation, I sent to a friend who is navigating a lot of really tough transitions in life. And I sent her a message and I said, remember, you have all of the answers you need inside of you. Just be patient. Mm, And sometimes it helps to have a guide (laughs) to help you discover what those answers are. But I think, and, and this is a bit of a projection, but I think there's a lot of 
striving in our world. And certainly I can strive from time to time, but when we can get centered, take a breath, <laughs> walk with ourselves and those around us, the answers that we're searching for in our transitions are already there. We just have to be patient. That is such a beautiful concluding message. Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you for having me. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this dialogue with Susan as much as I enjoyed having it. As always, here are my key takeaways from this discussion. One, we are all connected and can learn from each other. Susan thought she learned more from the pregnant Nicaraguan women than they learned from her, that she received more than she gave. You know how intertwined a spider's web is? Our world is the same. We are so interconnected, and if we can just feel that, then there is a world of goodness we can spread all over the globe together. All we need to do is follow the philosophy of accompaniment and walk with each other. That's it. Just walk with each other. Not ahead, not behind, only together. Two, the same global issues exist everywhere. So if we can reach out globally, then fantastic. But otherwise, let's look around and see who needs us to accompany them, to walk with them, and to uplift them. Three, starting any work with a breath and quiet can do wonders because we will be used utilizing that valuable space to get the answers that we have within. There are so many life lessons in those brief pauses. Let's begin to pause so we can be more in our center and less in our ego. And lastly, remember, you have all of the answers you need inside of you. Just be patient. And this brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you another episode of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be well.